You're listening to Photo Tea with Anissa D, where we share all things related to photography. Welcome to episode four of Photo Tea with Anissa D. Today, we're going to be talking about how to use Instagram to grow your business. And for this week's episode, I do have a special guest joining us. Kate, could you please introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, where you're from, and what you specialize in. Hi, my name is Kate Savota. I am from Central Kansas, and I mostly work with seniors and couples. And you can find me at Kate Savota Photography on pretty much any social media platform. Awesome. Yay. Well, I'm so happy to have you on today. My first question for you is how long have you been shooting for and when did you like officially start your business? I started shooting in April of 2021 and I first kind of started my Instagram, my business Instagram account on April 4th of 2021 as well. And then what did that kind of look like for you? Like when did you start actively sharing on Instagram slash social media? And yeah, what did that look like? It started off pretty slow. I was kind of just taking pictures of my friends, family, pretty much how it starts for everyone and kind of editing those using Visco mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of sporadic about my posting. There was no specific direction. I hadn't figured out that an algorithm was even a thing yet. And then just kind of posting on my story here and there, really just having fun with it. Nothing specific. Yeah, definitely. And then when did that start to shift for you? Because You mentioned to me that you were really starting to actively share this June. Is that correct? And then you had a really quick, rapid growth. And now you're... So can you share a little bit about like that timeline and what that looked like? Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. And the only reason I remember the specific dates is because at my one year, which would have been April of this year, Mm -hmm. I was... It was like my goal to hit 600 followers. Mm -hmm. And I hit that two weeks later. So I didn't get it at my one year mark. And I just remember hitting 600 followers on June 8th. I would just stay consistent with real posting and showing up on my stories. And now I'm on, I believe, 31.5K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... So it's been crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. I'd love to kind of hear more like about that journey and what you found to be most helpful for that growth. Okay, so I was kind of trying to be consistent with my feed posts. And I started off by posting like three different carousels per session, but I wanted to start switching it up a little bit, but I didn't have enough feed content. Mm-hmm. And I had seen someone post something about how Instagram was starting to push reels because of TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I started posting reels and I tried posting one every single weekday. And I've just stayed consistent with that. And I started a series of poses, like posing reels, Mm-hmm. And a lot of people really seem to like them because I tried to do stuff like what to do with your arms. I just did one the other day, like if you have a stubborn boyfriend, like how to take pictures with them. Mm-hmm. And I think just being consistent with that kind of thing, people are able to associate those types of reels with my work. And it's kind of just drawing more people in. Yeah, absolutely. And I I can relate to that as well. I feel like having, you know, your specific type of like niche or just the brand that you have on Instagram and and just you know, sharing content in that space really helps because then people see that and, you know, get to know you and then look out for that content from you. I did take a look at your reels and I noticed that like you do a lot of helpful posing and for boudoir and like all the different types. And I just thought that was so helpful, especially not just for clients and couples and families, but also for other photographers who are 
who are learning. And I, I find that, you know, other photographers are also, you know, typically the people who watch my reels with like educational content. So I did want to ask you, like, if you could walk us through your real creative process, like how do you come up with the unique ideas? And then how do you like make the reels and decide like what to share and everything? So this might sound kind of boring, but since I started posting all of my reels, I've actually gotten tons of requests. Mm -hmm. People, they're like, oh, I want to see this like a girl version. I want to see this as a guy version. Like what are some boudoir poses? if I don't want to show my face or if I'm insecure about my stomach. So I really like to take in a lot of people's requests, essentially. And so that's been super helpful for me to not be like, oh, what am I going to make? What am I going to post? I don't know the route I'm wanting to take with this. And so that's kind of how I come up with the theme of it. And then I kind of just scroll on TikTok. I don't use TikTok personally, necessarily. Mm -hmm. I mainly use it to just find audios. Mm -hmm. And then once I find a few audios I like, I'll kind of botch create some. And I kind of like to do a theme. Like I'll do a week of boudoir with like some silly ones mixed in between or a week of male posing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just record all of them. I'll just randomly post them to TikTok. So they're just there. And once I'm ready to actually post those reels, I'll save them from TikTok without the watermark, upload them to Instagram through the reels. And then I'm just really particular about which hashtags I use. And I try to keep a really short caption. So mm -hmm. it's something that people stick around to read and look at. Yeah, definitely. I have a lot of questions about how do you know, like how to find trending audios and know what is going to be like, do you have like a specific formula for finding the audios that you're going to use? Or is it just kind of something that you hear and you're like, oh, I think this would be fitting? A little bit of both. So my little brother, he is, he has such a good He's so particular about the things he listens to. And because I've been around him so much and he plays that kind of music, I kind of catch on mm -hmm. to which beats he responds to. So it's like every fourth beat of a song or an audio. Mm -hmm. And so I try to switch my poses or switch the clips on those beats. So that way it kind of makes everybody want to stick around. So it's not particularly what the audio is saying or doing. It's just the count. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. I don't think I've ever thought about that, but I can totally see how that would be helpful. Like if, you know, you're doing the different poses and need it to be like on the beat repetition and everything, which is really yeah. cool. And I know that like right now, the length of the audio plays a big factor in the mm -hmm. Instagram al algorithm. I know sometimes it's shorter reels or sometimes it's longer reels. Does that kind of affect what you choose for audio? Yes. Yeah, so if I'm doing anything like just like something based off of humor humor, or like me giving advice or something like that. I like to keep it really short. I usually try to average it around seven seconds or less mm -hmm. just for the, you know, I think it's a good span. And then um, for my posing reels and stuff like that, I like to find longer audios, but nothing longer than usually 15 seconds. I kind of average around 12 seconds. Mm -hmm. That way it gives me just enough time for everybody to, to look at the reel. And whenever I post those posing reels, I kind of have like a how to do the pose. And so that's why that's why I like to use the longer ones. So that way people have mm -hmm. time to kind of like pause on the screen and read it if they need to. Definitely. I think that's a really good sweet spot that like 12 seconds, anywhere between I feel like five seconds and 15 seconds where it's not too long, but it's informative mm -hmm. and people, you know, engage and it's not like they get bored or anything. So I think that's like a really good sweet spot there. So I would definitely agree with that too. And then I, uh, you said you had like pretty short captions. Is that because your reels have a lot of content and you want them to focus on the reel, not the caption? Or do you have a reasoning why you kind of keep shorter captions for your reels? 
Yeah. So I have found personally, whenever I'm watching something and there's a really long caption, it takes up more of the screen space. So it's harder to read and it's harder to focus on what the video is actually about. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just like to have it short and sweet. And typically I'll even be like, I'll try to use captions that say something along the lines of, you won't believe this or did you know this? So it's asking a question. So as people read it, they're wanting to stay engaged to answer that question based off of the video. Yeah, definitely. Like that call to action is right. so important. And I, I've i mentioned that before, just like in regular feed posts, just having a good... Because you can't... Well, I guess some people post words in their, mm-hmm. in their posts, but like typically I just have like my photos of my couples and stuff, but having a really good call, like call to action or just you know, caption in like just a title, just to draw the attention of the viewer is really important and get them engaged. So totally get that as well. Um, Have you noticed that your reels play like a really big role in your Instagram growth? Yes. Um, The reels have honestly been everything to me. And it was kind of hard to get that started because I was kind of, of course, nervous. And when I first started doing it, kind of showing up in that vulnerable way that I had never done before. And, but I feel like I've kind of found my sweet spot and it's definitely made it a lot easier. So I've been able to stay consistent with it. So Mm -hmm. I just think like, it's just showing up to more people, which I'm very, very thankful for. Yeah, that's, you know, and I've noticed that as well. Like it's really helpful with the growth, but I think something for myself and I wanted to ask you is that I have found that a lot of people find me through reels and the growth is there through reels. But I'd say that my clients typically find me through hashtags. Would you say that yours is similar? Would you say that clients find you through reels as well? Honestly, I don't I don't know if anybody's found me through hashtags. I'm not quite sure how to find that out. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I don't do that many feed posts anymore. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, I like to take longer to post on my feed now, I guess, typically like once a week. Yeah, but I, I don't feel like anybody's really found me through hashtags. And if they have, they haven't said anything. Um, but definitely reels for me. And it's what's weird about it is that it's people in my area who have found me through reels. Okay. Of course, people elsewhere as well, but primarily people around here. And it's been really cool that I've been able to reach more people in my area through it. Yeah, no, that's super awesome. I kind of how you said you haven't, you haven't known if like someone's found you through hashtags. I feel like I don't know if people have found me through reels either. I know that I've like been seen through reels, but mm-hmm. it, it would be interesting to have like a little poll or just, see how like your audience or your clients have found you because I would say that like whenever I ask people like on a you know forum or whatever how they heard about me most people say like through Instagram hashtags so I just find that like super interesting I wonder and you said you have people in your area finding you through reels so reels are not just great for growth but they're also really great for finding or getting clients too so oh yeah for sure that's awesome and So my next question was like, what advice would you give to someone who is feeling discouraged? I feel like I hear frequently like my reels flopped or my posts are flopping or the Instagram algorithm isn't favoring me. What advice would you give to someone who is going through that and experiencing kind of like that frustration? Honestly, you have to keep trying. You have to figure out what works best for you. Are you using popular hashtags? Are you using popular audios? Are you helping fix a common problem? Are you being consistent with your posting schedule and the theme amongst your reels? Having all of those things specific to you and your brand allows people to create a sense of reliability and trust within you and your brand as a whole. And just by doing those types of things, people are going to feel more comfortable wanting to watch your things and wanting to book you and all of those aspects as well. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I can attest to that as well. I think I mentioned like back this earlier this year, like in April, I feel like April was a pivotal moment for both of us. Right. (laughs) But I was also feeling like the reels that I was, you know, producing weren't doing as well. Like I would probably call them like they were kind of flopping and I wasn't really sure what to do. And I was like, okay, it's time to do a 180 and just figure out what people like. So like you said, just trying a bunch of different things and being consistent with that, like posting, like, I don't know about you, but like posting three to five reels a week, mm-hmm. just trying different things and seeing what catches and then continuing with that. I feel like that's what really helped me figure out what people want to see from me. Would you say like your experience was pretty similar in that sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, you mentioned batch making. How do you keep up with like staying consistent and keeping up with the algorithm? Like, do you have any specific tips that you do? Yes. So I have two daughters. One is barely two months old. The other one is 14 months old. So you're apart. Thank you. But (laughs) with that, their sleep schedules are different and their nap time is different. So I have to kind of figure out when I can make the reels. So it's really important for me to just save as many audios as I can. So I breastfeed. So whenever I'm taking care of my daughter with one hand, I'll scroll through TikTok to try and find these audios while my other daughter's either playing or napping. And typically when my husband is home is whenever I'll batch create some reels. And by doing this, it allows me to be consistent with my posting time. Mm-hmm. I found that posting in 15 minute increments has always worked best for myself. So I would never post something at 1018. I would always post at 1015 or 1030. I would always post on the marks because I find that it just, it pushes out more in my opinion. I don't know if that's actually how it works, but for me, that's what's done the best. Mm-hmm. And I've also found that just being consistent with kind of like, um, like I said earlier, like I'll do a weekly theme by doing something like that. People are like, oh, she's going to do another one like this. I like this series. Yeah, definitely. Like having that consistent posting schedule, I think it allows for your audience to like come back and say, okay, you know, Kate's been posting Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 10 a.m. So I'm going to come back or, you know, I think like it's easier to rem- to remember those 15 minute increments as opposed to like 10, 18, because then it doesn't come across as it's like at always at this time. But if you're mm-hmm. kind of having it on that like 10, 10, 15 or whatever, people think back and are like, oh, there's going to be another reel today or I'm going to learn something new today. So I definitely find that to be true as well. And then also, like you said, it's so funny because I haven't really talked to any other moms or just parents who are also full-time photographers. And I feel like I was kind of just in my own little bubble when Mm -hmm. I was like freshly postpartum. And I just felt like really overwhelmed. And that's why I also wanted to ask you because when I was just newly postpartum and also breastfeeding, I was like doing all the things. I just felt like so overwhelmed. Like I'm having to, like I just wanted to soak in the moment, but then I feel like you don't have any other time. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a lot. How do you balance that? Is it just kind of day by day or just, is it like creating a schedule and goals that you try to achieve every week? Like how do you keep yourself accountable, I guess, for your business, but also make time for your personal time? So I will keep, I have two laptops. One of them is my personal one. The other one is my husband's gaming laptop that I unfortunately took over. Sorry, Aiden. (laughs) (laughs) So I keep my editing on his gaming laptop just because the coloring, the pixelation and the speed, they're all way better. Mm -hmm. And so I'll keep editing pulled up. So as I'm taking care of my kids, if um, they're content for a few minutes, I'll come over and edit like 10 pictures. Mm -hmm. And I always try to call as much as I can the first day I get back from a session. That way I'm still in like that creative headspace. 
And then on my other laptop, I'll keep HoneyBook, Pixie Set, and Canva all pulled up so I can regularly update my website. So I can respond to emails, inquiries, everything like that. And then I create all of my like marketing stuff on Canva. So I have all of that pulled up so I can work on things as I go throughout the day. And then I also have a whiteboard that has everything on my to-do list for the day and then everything for the week as well. Okay. That's awesome. I I feel like I need to be a little bit more, more organized like that. But no, it's really important. I feel like to just have like goals and just like an organizational process that works for you, especially if you have another job or you are a stay-at-home parent and running mm-hmm. business. I feel like there's a lot that goes in, but no, I appreciate you sharing that. And then I also wanted to ask, so this is just more of like a general Instagram question, but what would you say your top three Instagram tips would be to someone starting off or someone who is wanting some direction? I would say, please just do what's authentic to yourself. Like don't push yourself too far out of your comfort zone that it feels fake. People can read right through a facade. So if you're uncomfortable doing something, you're just doing it because everyone else is, you don't have to. It's your brand. It's your business. You don't have to just do what everyone else is doing. I personally have a few photographer friends who don't like to post reels and they're still booking out. Like it's, I think it's really important to do what you feel comfortable doing because your brand is for yourself. It's not for anyone else. People just appreciate your brand because that's who you are. And I would also say like, maybe don't follow trends just because they're trendy. Follow them if you like them. And I know this is kind of off theme with just saying on theme with staying true to yourself. But I really feel like that's important as a photographer is to be true to who you are as a person. Because whenever people book you, they're not just booking you for your pictures. They're booking you for your time, for the kind of person that you are. They want to have that connection with you on that deeper level in order to be vulnerable and to let you tell their story. And so just by staying true to yourself, people are really able to kind of connect with you on a more deep level. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, trends are always going to come and go, not just in the social media space, but also in the photography space and weddings and everything. And so just doing what you uh, like, you know, what makes you happy. Cause it, like you said, it'll show through, it'll shine through your content and people will know if you're not being authentic. So I would definitely agree with that as well. But yeah, that is all super helpful. And I know we talked a lot about reels and would you say, so I know that there are so many different things when it comes to like Instagram and social media that helps with growth. One thing in particular for me is stories. And I feel like I've heard from other people that stories can really help you. Do you typically use stories? And if so, like how do you use them for your business? I love to use stories. I like to post funny stuff. I like to share behind the scenes of my personal life and sessions. I try to post a minimum of five a day, but I typically average around like 10, maybe 15. And I really like to engage with my followers. I like to know them on a personal level. So I'll ask like this or that kind of questions. I'll get people's opinions on kind of like content that they'd prefer to see. I like to do quizzes. I like to ask people how their day is going, ask if they have any prayer requests just everything of that sense, just so that way they feel closer to me on a personal level and I'm able to connect more with them while still showing up. Because I think people having a face and a voice to your name is really important for people to associate your brand with who you are. Definitely. Definitely. I do find as well that stories are 
a great way to be personal and get personal with your audience, your clients, other people in your industry. Yeah. And then something else I wanted to ask just in general with Instagram. And this is a question that I get a lot. I don't know if you've gotten this just with your growth and everything is, is everything that you do organic? Do you use ads or boosts or kind of share a little bit about that? Like, do you ever, have you ever used ads? No, I have not. I've never used ads. I've never used boosts. I've had people actually question me if I bought followers whenever I started gaining mm-hmm. a bunch because of reels. But no, I, I don't do any of that. Everything is 100% organic. I honestly, although I should, I don't post my reels on Facebook, like on my Facebook account or page or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's really just come and go, really. Yeah. Would you say that Instagram is like the the biggest like social media platform that you use or do you use I know you said you mentioned posting things on TikTok as you create them for Instagram do you use like Pinterest Facebook TikTok as you do with Instagram or is it mostly Instagram with a little bit in the other social media platforms it's primarily Instagram I am pretty consistent with my normal feed posting on Facebook though just not really reels or video content or anything like that Mm-hmm. TikTok is really kind of just like I produce things in bulk. So one day I'll randomly post like 10 videos, but it's really just so I have content backed up because I don't really know how the TikTok algorithm works. I kind of just do it as is. Mm-hmm. And I do have a Pinterest, but I have not been super active on it. That is my goal for 2023 actually is to really build up my Pinterest and to start blogging and everything like that. So not yet, but We'll get there. (laughs) Yeah, it's one day at a time and it is a process because I feel like Instagram is of itself like a a full-time job. Like it's just so much that goes into building the Instagram, not to discourage anyone or to intimidate anyone, but just it is a lot. So if you are feeling overwhelmed, like that's totally normal and, you know, take a step back. But I have felt in the past and even now, like, sometimes just overwhelmed with the amount of work that has to go into, you know, that goes into Instagram and growing that. So what I found recently is I've just started kind of getting back into like Facebook and TikTok and Pinterest, like over the past few months and just sharing everything that I share on Instagram on there. And Mm -hmm. like, if I'm making a reel, like at the time of posting that reel, I automatically will post that to TikTok and Pinterest and Facebook And then anything, it just, I think Facebook, it links, but with... That's really smart. And then I little, yeah, I just save it. I just post it and then it's done. And I tell myself like, I have to do that. And with TikTok and Pinterest, it's not as like, I don't have to think about like a really detailed caption. Like I can just have some like hashtags if I need to. It's pretty Mm -hmm. easy. I feel like Instagram is a lot more that you have to think about with tags and hashtags and captions and engaging, which that is something I wanted to talk about as well. But yeah, and then with Facebook, like anything I post to Instagram, I automatically post to Facebook as well. So I found that that's a really great way that I can kind of share everything without feeling too overwhelmed with the social media process. That's kind of been like my experience with that recently. And I found that it's been working well. That's awesome. Yeah. So I I know I just kind of mentioned engagement, which is a term I feel like if you're in the Instagram space, we've all heard. But you know, likes, saves, comments, shares. Do you have any tips specifically, like just in general, for increasing your engagement, whether that be your story engagement or your post engagement, your real engagement? 
Yes, absolutely. So starting with stories, I think it's important that you have whatever you're saying either typed out in captions or having your closed captions turned on. Not everybody is able to or even likes listening to your stories with audio on. So it's nice to have that second option mm-hmm. for more. In, and so that gets people to stay on your stories longer, view it longer. I also like to do a lot of polls and questions on my stories, like a quiz question. Yes. People don't always like to fill out questions. So the other two are just easier because it's just a tap, really. And then for my personal Instagram posts, I kind of just like to have my initial post something that's really interesting to look at so people will want to view it. And then by having certain hashtags implemented, I assume I'm able to reach more people. And that's how I have so many people that don't follow me mm-hmm. reach, which I guess goes back to answer if I know if anybody finds me through hashtags. So I guess kind of, yeah, to go back to that. Mm-hmm. And then I also like to engage with people in my DMs. I try to respond to everyone. I always can't, but I really try to respond to as many people as I can, especially since people like to give recommendations for reels they like to see. But yeah, that's those are pretty much the main things I like to do. And then everything I talked about through reels as well. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you mentioned DMs. A question that I had for you is... Do you typically get, because you know, you said DMs are kind of hard to sort through, especially with people giving recommendations. Do you ever get inquiries through DMs or do you typically get inquiries through your website? How do you kind of navigate that? I mainly get inquiries through DMs, but I did recently update my website to kind of make it easier for everybody to access everything and know where they're supposed to go to. Mm-hmm. Because like I said earlier, I mainly work with couples and seniors. So I kind of have two separate sections. I have a whole page for seniors and a whole page for like couples and everybody else mm-hmm. that wants to work with me. But I think now that that's easier, people might want to be redirected to my website, which would make things a little bit easier on me having yeah. everything in one place. But I definitely get most of them through DMs currently. But if need be, I just redirect them and everybody's really nice and accommodating. Yeah. I have noticed that since you know, having a more user-friendly website and just having things like be on there and like informative that I get more inquiries through my contact form than I do on my Instagram. So I would say if we haven't already mentioned already to definitely have your website and like an up-to-date bio. I kind of want to talk about bio because having like an up-to-date bio is really helpful and just like a really quick way for people to, you know, see that, take a look at where you're at, who you are and go take a look at your website. Yeah, my I have all that on my bio. I think it's just so important that you have like a picture of yourself as your profile yes. picture too. Yes, definitely. What are some of your like bio tips or like must-haves in your bio, you would say? Definitely have lots of highlights, having different things people can look through, see yes. how you... It kind of shows growth in a sense as well. I have a couple for behind the scenes. I have one for reviews people have left me. I have one with my pictures and stuff other people have shared. So people can see everybody that I've engaged with and they can kind of see, oh, like I know this person, they've they've worked with her or like that kind of thing. I also think it's really important to say something about who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be anything too crazy. Like mine says, bring your dogs. I love dogs. And I don't think anybody should ever have to ask if they want to bring their dog to a session. I mean, me personally, my dog is my family. So Mm -hmm. I always say, bring your dogs if you want to. So something kind of personal, say where you're from, say what to call you say anything that kind of pertains to what you do. So mine says photography and education. So people know that they can find two different things for me. So they know I'm not just here as a photographer for clients. I'm also here as a photographer for photographers. Yeah, definitely. 
agree with everything you said and just having, you know, saying what you do, who you are, and then something unique about you. And I think that's everything you just said, just so that you can, you know, be as informative as you can. I kind of like to think like your bio is, is your first impression. When someone comes to your page, like that's the first thing that they see your highlights, like your title, the link that you choose to put in there, your profile picture. So having that be as informative and easy to read as possible, I think will really help with bringing in an audience, but also clients. And I, I also like to think like Instagram in a way is kind of like your, as photographers, at least like your online portfolio, mm-hmm. if people don't find you like through your website. And like you mentioned with story highlights, that's like a really great way of like someone finds you through Instagram and they want to look through a portfolio. Maybe they don't want like, I don't know, maybe they don't click through your website for whatever reason. That's like a really quick and easy way for them to say, okay, this is couples. Like I'm going to look through their couples portfolio by clicking through that highlight, or this is like reviews. I want to see what people say about them. So I completely agree with all of that. And then just having it be really easy to read and just right there. So cleaning up those highlights, if anyone has highlights from like three, four years ago, definitely go back and clean them up because I do find a lot of people looking through them. Like I'll get notifications of people like hearting a story. And I'm like, I didn't post anything today, but it's from like a previous story that's highlighted. Mm -hmm. So people are looking through that. Yeah. And whenever they click on those highlights and they see like the very, very far back original ones, they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is the kind of stuff she posts. I thought she was kind of like more in this realm of things. So they kind of, they're going to associate it with your old branding opposed to your updated branding as well. Yeah, definitely. And that also brings me to just overall feed, like portfolio, because you're I mean, obviously everyone, like maybe it's not obvious, but I feel like a lot of people strive for like, I don't want to say consistent feed, but just like a cohesive looking Mm -hmm. feed, or at least that was really big, like five, six years ago. And I think now people are open to being like just a little bit more real. So it's not, it doesn't have to be picture perfect, but as photographers, it's important to have like a cohesive style. Did you mention you have do you have two different accounts for the different types of photography you do or? Yes, I have a rep page because I'm starting a senior rep program and mm-hmm. I have my normal feed page as well. Yeah. And would you say that having them be separate has been beneficial for your business? Um, I don't know yet. I am launching my rep program tomorrow, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <gasps> but I'm really hoping to really utilize that and have all my seniors be able to engage in one place as I go on, have my rep years, people Mm -hmm. can see my previous stuff easily. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of what I've heard throughout as well. So I think that'll be really, really good. And just having things be separate. Like if you're like, let's say you're into real estate photography, but also a couple's photography or wedding photography, it would probably be good idea to have them be two separate pages and not just combine everything on one page. Definitely. Yeah. How would you say that like you're, do you think about like, the way that your feed looks? Do you plan it beforehand? How do you kind of go about what you post and what you share on your on your feed? So I kind of have two different directions. One of them being, I really like how an edit looks or the symmetry of an image, mm-hmm. or I really like the creativity of an image. So if it's the first one, I kind of just want it to have similar colors to the majority of what's on my feed. So like soft greens, deep blues, and blacks are really drawn towards your eye. Mm-hmm. But for the latter, for having like more creative imagery, I just kind of like to edit it however I feel like it suits that specific session and or image. So my most recent picture is a picture of my husband and I from our last vacation. 
here recently. Yes. We went to Texas and it's a very windblown picture and it doesn't really match the rest of my feed, but it still has that storyteller approach, which I feel like makes it cohesive in a different sense. Yes, definitely. I saw that one. I really liked it. <laughs> Super cute. But yeah, Thank I would you. completely agree with that. And I think too, like making things kind of look overall cohesive, but then definitely for that like particular session and like the photos that you share, just having it tell, like you said, tell a story if that's your type of approach and having it be consistent in that way. Would you say that you find more success in your carousel posts or do you ever do single posts? So I feel like I don't do single posts anymore. And I'm like, I still see some people doing it. And I don't know, like what, what have you found? I cannot bring myself to just do a single post. Yes. I can't pick a favorite. It's yes. like, oh, there's so many I want to share. Yeah. I honestly, if I could, I'd share every image from sessions and yeah. I don't really withhold pictures. I like to give as many as I can. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I could not bring myself to just post one. I, I end up posting like maybe 20 total. Yes. I, I like that. And I, I use, uh, do you, have you heard of scroll SC? Yes, that's what I use. Yes. I love them. I've been working with them for, since they came out, I don't know when that was 2021. So a while now, and they're wonderful. If you guys are looking for a way to like add more photos than just 10 in like your carousel posts, scroll is really great. Cause you can like layer them and have them be, and it just like looks really pretty. So mm-hmm. definitely love that. And I, yeah, I guess my, so I can't even believe my final question. I feel like this has gone by so fast. I'm just like, love, I love talking about Instagram. I feel like it's always so fun. Me too. But my last question would be, what advice would you give to someone who is just starting their business and marketing on, on Instagram? Number one, show up on your stories, having a face and a voice to a name. People are able to create that really deep level of trust. There's like this psychological thing that if you see something seven times, your brain naturally makes the decision if you're interested in it. And so I think people seeing you on your story seven times a day or anything in that sense, it really helps them create that relationship without like breaking a boundary or anything. They're just like, oh, this is what we're talking about. Or this is what happened last week and she's finishing the story kind of thing. Another good thing is to kind of have a theme with your feed. This works for me personally, might not work for everyone, but I found personally that having a theme with my feed, people are really able to know what they're going to expect from me. And then also engaging with my followers, whether it be through stories or responding to DMs. I just want my followers to know I care about them as people, not just potential clients. And again, the sense of relationship. Absolutely. I, I love that final point that you make. And engaging is so important and just being able to have those relationships and and everything. So I appreciate that advice. I would definitely find that very helpful if I were also just to be starting off. But yeah. Is there, is there anything else that you wanted to mention about Instagram? Anything? <laughs> I think that covered everything. Yeah, I think so too. That was really helpful and informative. But yeah, I just want to say thank you so much, Kate, for coming on today's episode. And if you could let everyone know where they can find you, follow you, that would be great. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Anybody can find me at Case Saboda Photography. It's kind of weird. It's K-S-B-O-B-O-D-A and then just photography primarily on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, and coming to Pinterest as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I'll also make sure to have your information in the description. But yeah, thanks again for coming on the podcast. And for those who listen to the end, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to Photo Tea with Anissa D. If you liked today's episode, please let me know by leaving a review and make sure to follow for more episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram at Anissa D Photography. See you back here next time for a new episode. Bye.